listening to the Bible 126 show. Beware of these three witnesses. We all know of the two witnesses that will step forth on the world stage during the darkest hour of the world's history. The two witnesses are two human beings who will be given extraordinary power for three and a half years just before Christ's return. If anyone attempts to harm them before they complete their ministry, fire will proceed from their mouths and devour their enemies. During the Great Tribulation, God will send the two witnesses to give one final warning to this world. This message of rebuke and repentance will bring them into conflict with the people and the governments in power, and they will be martyred. The whole world will rejoice and give each other gifts as they view their dead bodies, lying unburied in the streets of Jerusalem. However, those same people will be struck with great fear when they see the two witnesses come to life again and ascend into the sky in a cloud. We have all heard of the two witnesses, but have you ever heard of the three witnesses in the first of John? 1 John 5 verse 8, And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. The Holy Scriptures precisely mention the three witnesses as the three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Let us look at each individual witness. Number one, the Holy Spirit. And first, the Holy Spirit is witness at this hour that the religion of Jesus is the truth and that Jesus is the Son of God. John 15 verse 26, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Within the hearts of every believer, the Holy Spirit speaks to them and bears witness about the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, that he is the giver of life, that he is the only way to the Father. The Holy Spirit, my friend, is the one that reveals the Lord Jesus Christ to believers. I have never seen the Lord Jesus Christ, but he is more real to me than the very air that I breathe. I have never seen heaven or been in heaven, but heaven is more real to me than this world that I live in. And that is only possible because the Spirit of God bears witness at the reality of Jesus Christ, the reality of the Bible. The Spirit of God does not bear witness everywhere, for there are many that preach the name of Christ, but they are led by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The Spirit of God does bear witness. Wherever Jesus is fully preached, He is the great witness to the truth of His Word. 
For what does he do? The Holy Spirit of God convinces men of the truth of the gospel. People are not convinced by your wonderful preaching or your eloquent speech. It is the Holy Spirit that speaks to people and tells them that God is real. It is the Holy Spirit that moves the hearts of people when they hear the gospel. It is the Holy Spirit that disturbs people's lives of sin when they hear the gospel message. When people hear that there is a God who created the heavens and earth, the Holy Spirit tells them that it is true, that everything couldn't be here by accident, the world and all its complexities couldn't be formed by happenstance. When people hear that God created them, that he formed them, that he designed them in its own image, and that human beings are not animals, and that they are not a mishap of the evolutionary process, the Holy Spirit tells them that this is true. When people hear that the God who created this universe and the God who created humanity therefore expects his creation to love him and to obey the laws he has set in his universe, their Holy Spirit tells them that this is also true. But why do people fight what the Holy Spirit is witnessing if they know it is true? The answer is simple. The gospel message reveals to us that we are all guilty. Who wants to hear that they are guilty? That is why people suppress the gospel message, because the gospel message points the finger at you, you, you and me, and tells us that we are all guilty and have fallen short of the laws of this infinite God who has set the requirements for us that we haven't met. And the Holy Spirit tells them that all of this is true, and that God requires we love one another because all humans are made in the image of God and are therefore special in the eyes of God. When people hear that God requires, we love him with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind, and that the proof of this love is seen in John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. But people do not like what their conscience is telling them because they know they have not kept his commandments. They know they haven't kept his laws and that they are guilty, and they have offended and disobeyed a God who is eternal, infinite, Therefore they are guilty, and their punishment must be eternal and infinite. Because if the truth be told, who wants to know that an everlasting God is angry with them? Who wants to know that every one of their actions, thoughts and deeds one day will be examined? who wants to know that all their sins will be judged and the punishment for each of them are everlasting? Who wants to know that they will spend eternity in the lake of fire? And as I preach this message, the Holy Spirit is witnessing to you now that what I am saying 
is true, and that Jesus is the Son of God, the Holy Spirit bears witness. A preacher once said, The Holy Spirit makes proud men tremble, and wicked men quake for fear. The conversions which are brought where Christ is truly preached are the miracles which attest the truth of the gospel. He who can make the harlot to be chaste, the drunkard to be sober, the thief to be honest, the malicious to be forgiving, the covetous to be generous, and above all the self-righteous to be humble, is indeed the Christ of God. And when the Spirit does all this, and more by the Gospel, he bears conclusive witness to the power of the cross. Number 2. The Water as Second Witness The Water Witnesses C.H.S. states the following on water as the witness. Not the water of baptism, but the new life implanted in Christians, for that is the sense in which John's master had used the word water. The water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. Where the Spirit of God comes, he creates in a man a new nature, pure, bright, fresh, vigorous like a fountain. And the fact that this new nature does exist in multitudes of men is a standing evidence that the gospel is true. For no other religion makes man new creatures. No other religion even pretends to do it. They may propose to improve the old nature, but none of them can say, Behold, I make all things new. Revelation 1 verse 18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. There is no death for Christians. We are not dead people. We do not celebrate death. We do not fear death. We do not worry about death because the word of God says, He that believeth in me shall never die. Do you know what this tells me? This tells me that you don't have to fear death because those who place their faith in Jesus Christ shall never taste death. They shall never experience death. Death can stalk them. Those who place their faith in Jesus Christ have a life which cannot be taken away because the Prince of Life has broken the life of death. And the number three, the blood as a witness. The third abiding witness is the blood. Hebrews 9 verse 22. And without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins. The blood bears witness. Our forgiveness, your forgiveness and my forgiveness is because of the blood. Without the shedding of blood there is no remission. The undefiled blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The undefiled blood of Jesus is the blood that can remove the stain of sin. The undefiled blood of Jesus is the blood that cleanses from all sin. The undefiled blood of Jesus is the blood that every demon of hell fears. Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. The blood of Jesus, after speaking peace to the 
conscience, inflames the heart with fervent love, and full often leads men to high deeds of consecration, self-denial, and self-sacrifice. Yes, the blood has such a melting, such a converting, such a subduing, such a sanctifying, such a joy-creating power to every conscience which hears its matchless voice, that it remains with the spirit and the water, a convincing witness to the Christ of God. What can wash away my sins? Nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Why Judgment Day will be harsher for you than others. Any discussion about the Day of Judgment is usually fearful. However, it becomes scarier when you get to know that the Day of Judgment will be harsher for you than others. That is the truth. This is not in any way to instill fear into us, but to prepare us further for the coming of the Lord. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. Look at Luke chapter 12. Here, Jesus is telling a parable to tell people what it's going to be like when he comes back. Essentially, what he says is the people who had greater knowledge and did evil, they will be beaten with many blows. But the people who had lesser knowledge and did evil will be beaten with fewer blows. Brothers and sisters, judgment will be harsher for those who know than those who don't know. Luke chapter 12 verse 35 through 48 Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord, when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants, who the Lord when he cometh shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself, and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched, and not suffered his laws to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder and will appoint him his portion with unbelievers. Here is the Bible verses I want you to focus on. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, 
of him shall be much required. In the generation we live, we have been given a lot. We have the ability to type in one verse on YouTube, and we will be met by literally thousands of hours of videos expanding on that one verse. As a whole, the general knowledge of the Word of God right now is higher than any other point in human history. Do you understand that? For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. Our knowledge of the Word of God even exceeds the apostles. They only wrote sections of the scriptures, but we have access to the complete Word of God. They didn't have access to the complete Word of God. Brothers and sisters, I say this kindly, judgment for you will be a lot harsher than others. Now, do you know what is a sobering thought for me as an individual? I am a teacher of the word, and just like you, my judgment will be harsher than others. James chapter 3 verse 1 Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. This is a verse that puts the fear of God into my life, and it should also do so to other teachers. God will judge us on the last day with special strictness on account of our influence over others. It is easy to take the position of a teacher lightly, without considering the cost in terms of accountability. So I know my judgment will be harsher, and if you are also a teacher, or if you have any platform to reach people, whether it may be digital or a physical church congregation, your judgment will be stricter. Even if you are not a teacher, nevertheless, you have access to so many biblical resources. I want to remind you, your judgment will be harsher. I encourage you, brothers and sisters, remember this when you live your life. Remember that each day you are moving towards a day where you will have to give account of your life. Remember, remember, I encourage you to live a holy life. This sermon is as much for you as it is for me. This sermon is for this generation that has been given a lot. Much will be required of us. Live a holy life. Live a righteous life. Live a pure life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 19 through 20, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except for righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter in the kingdom of heaven. The Pharisees are observers of the law, and they are good at it, so to say. However, Jesus stated in very clear terms that if our righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, we will not be able to enter in heaven. The reason is because the righteousness of the law is not the highest form of righteousness. The Pharisees only had the righteousness of the law which cannot save anyone because it is a form of righteousness sought through the works of the flesh and not by faith in the finished works of Christ. But Christ has called us to a higher form of righteousness. Therefore, he expects us to be more righteous than the Pharisees. The standard of God for believers in the New Testament didn't get lower. Rather, it was upgraded. There is a higher demand of holiness from us 
My heart hurts for those who believe in false doctrines and leverage on the grace and mercy of God to practice sin. The grace and mercy of God is not a license to sin. James chapter 4 verse 17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now we have been enlightened. We know what God requires from us. We know that he demands holiness from us. With all the biblical teachings we have received, we know the instructions of God for our living. But if we fail to do them, then we are guilty of sin. Anyone who knows what is good but fails to do them will face a harsher judgment on the last day. Believers know what is good because the Bible states it explicitly. The word of God is given to guide our lifestyles, thoughts, words, and actions. It reflects the mind of God for us. If we go against the word of God, it means we are defiant to his laws and commands. The higher you go with God, the more careful you should be. The more you know about God, the greater risk you stand when you commit sin. I am here to remind you, brothers and sisters, not only to remind you, but to encourage you. Live a holy life. When you read the Word of God, your knowledge of God is increasing. When you watch videos like this, your knowledge of God is increasing. I encourage you to live a holy life. History is not stationary. Our lives are not stationary. We are all moving along a line. From the second you were born, you started moving on that line, and at the end of that line is death. And what follows straight after death is judgment. So, I implore you, I plead with you, brothers and sisters, I beg you, live each day knowing that one day I will have to give account for my life. If you live each day with this in your mind, you will find yourself saying no to sin. You will find yourself saying no to unrighteousness. You will find yourself saying no to impurity. You will find yourself saying no to adultery. You will find yourself saying no to sexual immorality. You will find yourself saying no to perversion, no to lust, no to stealing, lying, corruption, degradation, filth, in all kinds of sin.